0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, welcome to the pilot episode of Walt Whitman High School's podcast. I'm joined here by uh, junior Andrew Borges. Hello. A senior Brian Trafon. Hello. I'm senior Nate, uh, representing myself. Um, uh, also to my right is a uh, senior Josh Joseph. Hello. And uh, we'll be moderated today by uh, no other than a uh, senior Aiden Hosky. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about a a rather controversial issue, especially in this school after the uh, Parkland shooting. There has been a great deal of stir about this school and around the country over several things, including a student walkout. Today we'll be discussing the topic of violence in America and uh, what we feel are uh, important things to address on the issue. We're going to be trying to show that in this time period of great polarization that uh, people can sit down from all... Feel to the political spectrum and have an honest, down to earth conversation on what we feel is a a solution. Hopefully, we can show that um, there are a lot of uh, very um, well read people in this school who have a great grip on issues, who are willing to sit down and talk. And if these high school students can do it, any adult can. Take it away, Aiden.
1: So, to start this off, let's just get an idea of where you stand on violence. I mean, it's a very open uh, topic or subject. So, Josh, there's been a lot of bad things happening in America lately, um, having to do with mass shootings Mm. recently, the Parkland shooting, of course. Uh, What is your take on how we can, in the future, prevent these types of violent acts? Mm -hmm.
2: Well, I think there are multiple causes to blame, certainly one of them being mental health. I think mental health is stigmatized, and we're working off of a system that's centuries old and hasn't been adapted to address reforming as opposed to uh, punitive punishment. Mm-hmm. But I think also there there is a reasonable level of gun control that can be implemented to uh, prevent those who can't find the help that they seek or refuse to find the help that they seek.
0: I, I agree with Josh that uh, mental health is a big pressing issue involving uh, this topic, particularly um, in how I think he hit it nail on the head on the fact that, uh, our, uh, our way of treating the, uh, mentally ill is centuries old and outdated and is clearly not working. Um, as to, uh, where I defer from Josh and his opinion on gun control comes with the fact that I believe that, uh, the state is very much ineffective at regulating who gets what and that, uh, no government bureau can solve, uh, those suffering with mental health problems from getting firearms? Uh,
3: Well, I do believe that the violence is something we can't avoid and violent acts are always going to happen whether they be with a knife or acid or a truck or a bomb or a plane. And I think uh, the violence that we've been experiencing recently kind of has a couple uh, causes. Definitely mental health is one of them. I also think we're getting away from a society that respects and values life. I think uh, fatherless homes are a big problem, and I think the trophy and everyone's a winner mentality is starting to screw with people and what they believe and what they respect.
4: I, uh, I, the lack of gun control laws is actually probably one of the biggest concerns. If you look, America's murder rate per one million people is 29.7 in 2015. Uh, that's much higher than most other industrialized countries and you look at where the inconsistency is and you find that throughout America we don't have consistent firearm laws. Uh, No, we don't have uh, a firm universal background check law. Um, Mentally ill people can very easily buy guns in many different states. In Florida, for example, there have been reports that you could buy an AR-15 in 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And I think the problem is lack of consistency in gun control laws and the strength of the gun control laws that we have um, aren't conducive to solving the situation. You look at a country like Australia after the Port Arthur shooting that they had in the late 90s, and you find that they solved the situation by restricting the types of guns that could be owned in private households. And what you found is they haven't had a mass shooting since. So I believe that stronger gun control laws would help. And of course, couple that with uh, stronger mental health a stronger mental health program in the United States?
3: Um, I work at a gun store. So, I mean, yeah, you can walk in and even here, you can buy one in 30 minutes, Uh, as long as you can, you know, pass the background check, which there is a universal background check, which everyone has to fill out when buying, when purchasing a firearm from a dealer. It is ATF Form 4473, and it's a a check to see if you are under indictment, um, if you've ever been uh, convicted of domestic abuse, if you're under mental health if you're addicted to any substances and a couple other uh, key points and then it you know takes your information and checks it with the FBI I've personally spoken to the FBI on the phone doing background checks for people and that's a system that's anywhere in the US from any licensed firearms dealer that you have to go through a background check so we have that universal background check for purchasing
0: a firearm from a dealer um, I feel as though a- another problem I have with uh, uh, Andrew's argument is uh, that particularly when it involves uh, gun crime and things like that, it is very easy to get your hands on a gun, whether you get it through uh, a private firm or you get it on the black market. Um, I remember a specific example. I was uh, listening to another podcast um, from Joey Diaz, who is a comedian. Who's uh, What he did in his youth was that he was a gangbanger. Uh, in both New Jersey and Manhattan, New York, and one of the things he discussed was that he could get a gun with a 10-minute phone call, and all it would take is for him to call one of the people he knew, and they could bring him a gun. So uh, in terms of gun policy, I find that uh, it's very lacking in that the federal government will always suffer from overhead when it comes to regulating who gets what, particularly with uh, private firms, and uh, I believe that... Uh, if you want to keep the guns out of psychopaths, I think you should focus more on treating the psychopaths rather than uh, trying to get their hands away from them because, quite frankly, it's proved to be
4: ineffective. Well, there are other countries that have regulated these things. Australia's banned certain types of weapons since Port Arthur, for example, and they haven't had a mass shooting since. Yes, bureaucracy is inefficient at times. It Mm -hmm. always is. People are never perfect, and the people who run bureaucracies are never perfect. But at the same time, government, if you push the right levers, you get the right laws passed it works. It, it can save lives. It saves lives in Australia. It saved lives in many countries where they don't have the lax regulations that the United States has, and they don't have a high murder rate. And it's not just murders, for example. It's also gun suicides. The United States has a very high gun suicide rate amongst industrialized nations. And if you can take the guns away from people, it's not going to prevent every murder. It's not going to prevent every su- uh, suicide. It's not going to prevent anybody from getting a gun illegally, but it will restrict your avenues to get them. Mm. um
0: well one of the differences between our country and australia is that here we have a crazy amount of firearms we have more firearms in this country that we have traced than we have people in this country and that's just the ones we know about going back to the joey diaz podcast funnily enough he talked about how um uh if you were to buy a firearm you could get charged with eight different murder charges because this gun's been reused over and over again and what they do is they'll uh they'll get the gun off the grid by exporting it to another country via the border and uh, bring it down to somewhere like Colombia, for instance, and then, of course, they'll use it for whatever they have to over there, and then they'll bring it back, and it's completely untraced. Really, if, for instance, you talked about suicide, and I think a big thing there is that if someone is suicidal, there there are many means in which they could end their life, and I feel it's more important to address what's exactly going on in their head because a lot of these shooters, for instance, are also suicidal, you know. Um, They're very consumed by this uh, nihilistic attitude, and they're very much um, detached from reality, and they feel that they're the ultimate judges of life and death. And I feel if they were properly treated, then we wouldn't have these problems. For instance, you look at uh, European countries like the UK, um, they don't have shooting problems, but rather now what has happened after the Nice attack these, uh, these people have gotten these ideas where um, they're going to get behind the wheel of a vehicle and they're going to drive it through a crowd of people. And so I feel like we shouldn't have overbearing regulations on automobiles quite like we shouldn't have it on firearms. And I'm not exactly saying these two are alike. I am simply saying that uh, the big root cause of the issue is the health of the individuals committing the crime. And I think it'd be a shame to uh, punish the many who are legally abiding by the law to uh, prevent a select few people from getting their hands on guns legally.
2: Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't characterize uh, taking assault weapons off the streets as punishment, but... All right, well, oh, an I'd assault like
3: weapon to... is a term made up by politicians to describe guns that are used in these shootings, and it's a scapegoat to ban a gun based on its features. Features include, in the recent um, bill brought to the House, the Assault Weapons Ban of 2018. It bans semi-automatic firearms with a pistol grip, a collapsible stock, uh, a barrel shroud, a uh, bayonet lug, or the ability to uh, accept a detachable magazine. Uh, we have that law in New York State, the SAFE Act. So it just bans a gun based on its features. It would be like banning a car based on it's color or that it has a spoiler or, you know, well, power steering.
2: In certain cases, that doesn't mean a car has the more capacity to kill people. But in certain cases, it means a gun does. Correct.
3: I disagree with that. Um, a pistol grip is what you put your hand on right. to hold the firearm. But
2: not, not in the case of a pistol grip, what I'm saying. Well, what, which in part? In terms of the ability, the, the speed at which it can fire. Or the amount at which you can fire? Like, like, for instance, bump stocks.
3: All right. Well, bump stocks are, I personally think they're stupid. I mean, you can pull the trigger on a firearm faster than a bump stock works and better because the bump stocks jam. So, I mean, yeah. And the ATF is actually working on reclassifying those as machine guns. Mm -hmm. So, I don't see the problem with that. But that's a whole other argument where if you chisel away at the bump stocks, most uh, gun owners feel you're going to chisel away at everything else. So, but back on track to a, f- a gun that rapid, uh, fires rapidly, rapidly
2: enough to, to commit a mass shooting effectively. You
3: can shoot any gun rapidly if you pull the trigger fast enough. Okay, I,
2: but but like ones that are able, are capable of storing the amount of bullets required to kill a lot of people. Yeah, I mean you can and shoot the
0: and, most proficient yes, uh, utensils. Absolutely,
2: yeah. If you have you
3: know let's say a thirty round magazine. Or three ten-round magazines. I mean, it doesn't take too long to switch out a magazine.
1: Mm. But I mean, yeah. I just want to but clarify it's... that it's not. I mean, correct me if I am wrong, but it's not as easy as they Make that uh, the movies or um, video games make it out to be changing these magazines, correct?
3: It's it's pretty easy. I mean, of course, they're you know somebody who doesn't know what they're doing could fumble around. And in the uh, Parkland shooting, Nicholas Cruz actually did use ten-round magazines. So there were instances where he did jam his firearm because he didn't know how to load it, and that possibly saved lives. Um, Mm -hmm. He had 15 remaining 10-round magazines to use. But it doesn't matter if you use a 30-round or a 60-round or a 10-round magazine. If somebody who wants to commit these heinous acts of, you know, these terrible crimes is going to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't think banning uh, the way a gun looks, banning a gun based on its looks, is going to stop anybody.
2: Wouldn't you say that the the efficacy of using a gun, or of him being able to get his hands on that type of weapon, that assisted in the shooting?
3: I don't think so. No, um, the AR-15 is the most popular gun but on the. Like,
2: uh, if he were to, he, he can't knife that many people that fast. Oh no,
3: but like the Columbine shooters used pistols, mm-hmm. and but there was a knife attack in China that left 127 people wounded and another 30 dead.
2: Mm-hmm. so yeah. I mean well, somebody I'd like wants to, s- to kill I'd like and to see kill. the knife attack stats but yeah absolutely I'll pull that up for you
3: happened in 2014 in China <laughs> mm-hmm. on a subway
2: yeah I mean like like knife attacks over time oh yeah
3: um, I mean I guarantee there's more shootings than knife attacks it's easier to kill somebody with a gun yes
2: than yeah. a knife it's yes so that's, that's what I mean <laughs> it's
3: easier to kill somebody with a bomb than a gun also
2: but bombs aren't readily available in you know the store you work at.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, the AR-15 isn't either because of New York's laws.
0: A a big thing I think that we're missing here is, like, you referenced the Columbine shooting, and uh, this was, like, one of the, the, uh, uh, I guess you could say, the first real big televised mass media school shooting. And uh, one of the things to think about uh, with Eric Harris and uh, Dylan Klebold is that they were very much mentally disturbed people. And um, they managed to get their hands on these weapons. And th- the problem is that no level of oversight can really prevent them from getting that. I mean, there were clear indications of these kids that they were definitely not sane. Uh, for instance, um, Dylan Klebold was highly depressed and uh, saw no real value in life. And he started to look at look at others as such a, in such a condemning way. For instance, one of the things, one of the quotes he had in, in this long list of just uh, nihilistic attitudes towards life itself, he would say something along the lines of, existence, what a funny word. Uh, someone who looks as ex- at existence as though it's just nothing more than uh, this sad, putrid thing is not really someone in a good place. And a lot of times, for instance, even in this uh, this l- most recent shooting, uh, there were clear signs that this person was definitely not mentally stable, and there were cl- plenty of indicators that could have uh, resorted to him being uh, thrown in jail or something like that recording himself torturing animals talking about shooting up the school online He was literally on an FBI watch list. I mean you want to talk about government uh, Oversight having some level of overhead you need look no further than the FBI's uh, uh, Address on uh, The shooter, uh, what's his face? Nicholas... Nicholas Cruz. Nicholas Cruz. Not only was it
3: the FBI, but also the uh, the sheriff's department went Mm -hmm. to his house something like 36 times Mm -hmm. in a number of years, and they did nothing. They didn't take his guns. They didn't even try to take his guns. So, I mean, the problem right there is the government's not doing its job. However, the government isn't there to protect us. We have to protect ourselves, hence why we have the Second Amendment. But there should be some sort of The government should be doing their job. The FBI should be doing their job. The police department should be doing their job by stopping him from doing what he did.
0: One of the things, though, I think you don't even need necessarily uh, state officials and things like that to do it. I mean, it's just a community effort. I know this kid was expelled from school, was he not? Uh, His junior year of high school, was it, or something like that? He was 19 years old, and... um, there were, there were plenty of people who probably saw him doing all these things and saw these signs, not just state officials or uh, federal investigators, but just everyday normal community members.
1: When I want to make the point that there were. It's, it's not probably that there were many people who have accounted for seeing these things, and they also notified, as we've said.
3: Many, many people called many people, the police.
1: Many people called the police after seeing not only his violent behavior at home, and also the scary things on his Instagram, or even his just behavior around them in person.
0: Mm-hmm. So then quite clearly, um, he was clearly mistreated, you know. He um, definitely had some mental problems, and he really should have uh, been taken to care.
4: I think, obviously, uh, <clears throat> treatment has to be a part of the solution. You know, we can't leave mentally ill people to their own devices because, you know, God knows what will happen. But prevention also has to be a part of it. Um And that includes also preventing them from getting weapons in the first place. And, you know, again, there's always going to be issues. The FBI, for example, in the Parkland case was inept. I think at the very least you could say that. Um, But at the same time, you look at states who have stricter gun laws. Also, You know, New York, for example. We do have less gun homicides than many states in the country that don't have those laws, many of which are located in the American South and uh, Midwest. So... Laws aren't always going to be perfect. The law enforcement agencies aren't always going to be perfect, and they will screw up and sometimes spectacularly screw up in mm-hmm. the case of Parkland. But there are laws on the books that we could put on the books that will help solve this. Banning semi-automatic weapons, for example, would be a place to go. I'm not advocating for taking people's hunting rifles away, although as Brian outlined, there are semi-automatic hunting rifles. But at the same time, there are regulations we could put on the books that would help prevent a lot of these from happening. And there'll still be knife attacks, there'll still be acid attacks, there'll still be people driving cars into crowds just like at Charlottesville. Um, But you can kill a lot less people that way. Mm. And it'll still happen, but it'll happen with less effect than with guns.
3: I think if you ban the guns, the prevalence of knife attacks and car attacks and bomb attacks and acid attacks are going to go up because these people who would normally use guns are now using trucks or knives or aster or bombs or planes.
1: Do you believe it's an inverse relationship between um, violence with guns and... I
3: believe that violence is going to happen regardless, whether it be with a gun or anything else. And somebody who can't use a gun is going to use something else.
0: Uh, not only that, but um, I think uh, if you want to prevent these things from happening, again, background checks clearly. I mean, uh, Nicholas Cruz got his hands on the rifle legally. So clearly as, as did
3: uh, Stephen Pollock yeah. in the Las Vegas shooting
0: so clearly, the background checks aren't proficient enough uh, the psych psych back, psych uh, uh, psych tests probably won't be enough as well I mean clearly uh, you you never know how someone's going to answer those tests, and it's too arbitrary so clearly that's uh not effective and so if you're going to get something done and if you feel this is something necessary, I think the best and easiest way to prevent these people from getting guns if you feel um, it's important for this to happen is it has to be a voluntary thing. I don't think forcing coercion is going to bring good and positive results to uh, to this equation. I think uh, if you want something to be done, the best and most proficient way to have that done is through voluntary action via the private market.
2: Um, I know you and I had a, had a yes. discussion about this, <laughs> and that's where I realized we fundamentally disagree on Uh, The role of the state as a body, as a governing organization, Mm -hmm. where uh, I feel that when something doesn't work, what I heard in that Nicholas Cruz was able to legally purchase a gun, that the Las Vegas shooter was legally able to purchase Mm -hmm. a gun, was an argument for more stringent regulation, reformed regulation, better regulation. Um,
1: And so on the topic of these regulations, uh, there's also aspect of uh, school and that what regulations or rules or whatnot could be put in place in schools um, to make students feel more safe because that's a large problem that people are students at least are having right now as we see with the walkout.
4: Mm.
1: Um, so what are some thoughts on that? Is, is that not a topic that should be touched or is it something that should be seriously considered and overhauled?
4: Uh, Um, again I would advocate for stronger gun laws but I know a lot of people will say that um, arming teachers is a solution to this uh, problem and the reason that is a, a bad idea in my opinion is you give a teacher a gun and they use it and then the police show up and they see the teacher using the gun now they may be shooting at the shooter but at the same time they could confuse the teacher with the shooter And that happens to be the biggest problem with the good guy with the gun, which is meant to be the remedy for the bad guy with the gun, is that when the good guy shows up and starts shooting, the cops can confuse him or her for the bad guy. And arming teachers really isn't going to solve it. Perhaps armed security guards would. But I go to a school, I don't want to go to a prison. Mm -hmm. And I think stronger gun control laws should be on the books. Law enforcement should be empowered to seize guns from people who are unstable. Um, but I don't think arming teachers is going to get us very far.
0: Uh, I, uh, I agree with what Andrew said. But um, the difference between why I agree with Andrew is that I feel teachers shouldn't have weapons uh, because um, I think for starters the idea of creating a program which would uh, give these teachers firearm training in the first place or we'd have people who are formally involved in military or police uh, firearms and things like that. I think it's, it's just creating another government bureau which is, I feel, is one of the root causes of a lot of our problems and to begin with, the fact that mental health has been completely almost avoided for a big uh, chunk of this discussion and the fact that uh, our uh, governing bodies have failed to address the issue properly is just a sign that government is not the solution to this issue.
1: So, it seems, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, a common issue that everybody here thinks uh, that should be addressed is mental health. Absolutely. Um, Now, logistically, what do you think could be some solutions to the problem of violence in America regarding mental health?
3: Well, first off, I think the FBI and the law enforcement agencies need to start doing their job. Um, I mean, there were clear signs that this uh, Nicholas Cruz was distressed and he had problems. Uh, I think that school therapists and school social workers need to uh, do their job better. And I think that, um, yeah, the law enforcement and therapists and I'm not too well versed in the mental health of others and myself. So I can't speak to as what somebody who has problems would do
0: one of the things that 's been noted is that um, for the past several mass shootings is the perpetrators of the shootings have been on uh, levels of psychiatric treatment, uh, particularly uh, psychiatric drugs, mm-hmm. and uh, clearly the treatment was ineffective I mean uh, they took it upon themselves to get a gun and go out and hurt a lot of people and unfortunately end their lives so clearly um that is not a sufficient solution. And uh, I think Brian hit on it a little bit in terms of uh, uh, we have a lot of uh, social workers and uh, psychologists here on campus that would be more than uh, willing to uh, address these problems with these students and get them the help they need. Um, I think a lot
2: of it stems from we how we as a society approach the idea of punishment, and how we approach the idea Mm. of these shooters as people, and that from every mass shooting, there's, you know, when the person's born, and everything that led up to that moment, the surrounding circumstances, uh, troubles in their personal lives, Mm. and instead of, our, our visceral reaction would be to, you know, push them away when they're, you know, when they post on Facebook, you know, with... Confederate flags and Ku Klux Klan uh, hoods and things like... uh, I remember Dylan Roof was posting on Facebook before uh, the church shooting. Mm. But um, to approach that in a more reformatory way, to approach that in a way... let's see what that root cause is. Let's examine why you've uh, been brought to this sort of outlook and to change it instead of just pushing this person away, because that that just leads to uh, a darker path, as, as we've seen. Mm.
3: I don't I don't think we need to reform. I mean, of course, I don't agree with it, but he does have the right to, you know, show the Confederate flag and believe in what the KKK stands for. It's when he starts acting upon that, is when mm-hmm. things really need to stop.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but well, you you can't put the bullets back in the gun, but you can certainly i mean the kkk is a hate group i'm not denying him his right to do that i'm saying examine um what what the hate that he feels is caused
0: by yeah I that's what he's used. a big point that was missed uh, from josh's statement is that i think he's absolutely correct that there are certain ideas that uh motivate people to go out and do these things and uh, i touched on it a little bit earlier is that There's this idea of, like, there's this nihilistic attitude towards life that's common throughout. I remember um, there was a specific example of this serial killer in uh, Victorian London, and uh, his last words before they, uh, his last moments on the gallows was that, uh, hurry this up, I could kill 12 people in the time it takes you to hang me, and uh, this same individual wrote a memoir, um, only because uh, in his jail cell he ran into somebody who offered him a cigarette, and... In the beginning or the preamble of this book, he wrote that that is the nicest thing someone has ever done for me. And now, whether that's true or not, clearly he lasts until adulthood, though he was an orphan in Victorian London, which is not a good circumstance to be in. Um, That just shows their attitude towards the world that there is nothing good coming out of it. It's an existential view of the world where I know I exist. Everything else only has meaning should I apply meaning to it. And this can be seen as a very positive attitude towards life, but it also can take a very negative turn, and uh, it can lead individuals to assume everything is uh, uh, within their grasp, the judge, and they're the judge, jury, and edu- executioner when it comes to uh, the lives of innocent people.
1: But how, how do you believe that this problem can be solved?
0: clinical help. Uh, there's plenty of experienced clinical psychologists, especially some very well-read psychologists, uh, particularly uh, in my experience when I was reading uh, Jungian psychology, they talk a lot about these motivations, these ideas, um, referring to uh, uh, serial killers and things like this, people who are uh, psychopaths who go out of their way to hurt innocent people. Um, there's, there's people much, much more well-versed in this than I am, but uh, there are there are clinical psychologists who are experienced enough to give these people the necessary help they need and uh, they are definitely human beings who have had a very rough life experience. It takes a lot to get uh, one person from being an innocent child to becoming a mass murderer. It doesn't happen overnight. Well, in some circumstances it depends on how traumatic the experience. But there is something that I think needs to be addressed in that and uh, that can only be done with people who are um, experience, clinical psychologists who have been doing it for decades.
1: Now, um, on that point, i just like to put forth some information that um, mm-hmm. with the Parkland shooting, I mean, that's the most recent one, so that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to reference. He was, a, had a risk assessment done. Mm-hmm. Um, people came to his home, assessed him. And I'm not um, 100% sure about their credentials. However, this was what they were supposed to be doing. And either their risk assessment, I mean, obviously the risk assessment was wrong because he went on to kill 17 people. However, they were there to do that risk assessment, but they they failed,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
1: How would we avoid that?
0: Well, it, I, I think it would entirely depend on the situation in which they caught him in. Because, uh, um, for instance, there's mood flashes as well, which is why – You wouldn't just have someone sit down for a little bit and do an assessment, but rather you'd have them do a routine uh, visit so you could get a full grasp at the person which you're talking to. You can't go to somebody's house for a particular moment and find out what exactly is going on in their head.
4: I think a lot of the problem is also um, (coughs) uh, stigmatization of Mm -hmm. mental illness. In America, you walk in, you have a sore throat, you go to the doctor, you get a prescription for antibiotics. There's no stigma around it, and there shouldn't be because you're sick and you need to be healed. With mental illness, people have this perception that there is something so fundamentally wrong with me that I'm a castaway from society in that instance. So I think we need to help destigmatize mental illness to the point where people don't have shame getting help for it. Um,
0: Absolutely, but the problem... In the whole idea of being that uh, someone who has a mental health problem being isolated from society typically it's a decision of the person who is suffering with the mental health problems for instance somebody who is clinically depressed can lie in bed all day and do absolutely nothing and uh, very much converse with absolutely uh, nobody mm-hmm. and uh, in that regard it's almost like a self-isolating attitude towards life and there is a stigma around it absolutely I, I agree I think you can't just throw people away Um, and expect them to come back and be perfectly uh, rehabilitated. I think there needs to be a a natural process involved in that, and I think um, as we, uh, as Josh stated earlier, ditch uh, traditions of psychology that have been around for centuries, I think we could find uh, a level of understanding of mentally ill and hopefully rectify
4: the problem.
1: Um, So now, give your closing remarks.
4: It, It stands to fact that states with more strict gun laws do have lower gun homicides, gun suicides, and i think that the way we address this issue shouldn't just be you know stricter gun laws across the board but we should address the the facets that this issue contains the overwhelming number of guns in america the accessibility of these weapons particularly semi-automatic weapons and the mental health of our citizens and i think if we address those issues in tandem that we can greatly reduce the number of gun the amount of gun violence in america
3: well um i firmly I don't support gun control. Um, I think the best gun control is using two hands while firing a gun. But, um, you know, definitely background checks have to be improved. I've seen people at work who I don't think should have guns, you know, pass the background check. Um, I don't think law enforcement is doing their job in this country. I think that the laws that are on the books already that restrict guns aren't being enforced. Um, I think that the laws that we do have are ancient and some of them shouldn't exist and they should be not fixed for the time we're in now because I don't support any of the gun laws but I think that mental health is the big problem and I don't think gun control is the answer.
0: There's always going to be a way for somebody to get their hands on it and I feel as though if you're for gun control it's not necessarily keeping guns out of the hands of the bad people it's rather gun centralization. It's the idea that well, how are you going to get these guns out of the market and things like that? How are you going to enforce these laws? Well, you're going to have people with guns go and enforce them. And so I think uh, you're just taking guns out of the hands of those who uh, are just trying to live civilly and defend themselves and just leaving it to the hands of the state, which has proven clearly that it's incapable of addressing these issues. And so um, the last thing I'd like to say is that um, though we disagree on – on exactly how to address uh, gun control and gun laws. I think it's, it's very important that we have a high suicide rate in this country, in particular facets of this society, and mod- the majority of them are done with uh, uh, firearms. And I think we have a, a mental health issue in this country that's being completely and utterly repressed in favor of attacking the easy target, which is guns. And so, though we may disagree, when it comes to the issue as a broad spectrum, I think we can all reach a level of understanding that there are people in this country who are not necessarily in the best state of mind who most certainly deserve and need help.
2: I personally, I, again, I don't, I don't think of the state in the way that you do. Mm-hmm. And I think at its base level, the, the state is adaptable. I think the state is changeable. And I think the state is governed from the bottom up at its, at its most basic level. So I think with, if the gun laws aren't effective then we can simply reform and create new ones. It takes it takes a lot of effort but it's certainly going to prevent more effectively these uh horrible tragedies than um uh, just you know dismissing government as a whole in my view.
0: Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh uh just a Uh, just to close it off it's uh, been a uh, pleasure speaking to all of you Uh, we'd like to take a moment to thank Mr. Monty and uh, Mr. Shepard for uh, helping us push together this uh, creation we hope you enjoy it Uh, we hope you uh, look forward to more in the future Um, that'll be all thank you